This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is one reality. It's it's surprising, don't you think, given that fact that people still talk in terms of there being a scientific reality and a religious reality, two realities, and some people actually hold them simultaneously in their minds. Both mainstream science and mainstream Christianity at this point are belief systems. One is atheistic, one is theistic. Since they're belief systems, they can just give us information, but they can't tell us the whole truth. Fortunately, though, when we take scientific and religious truths and we combine them with what we're learning from people we used to think were entirely dead, we begin to see a united reality that's more wonderful than our most optimistic imaginings. The best thing we learn is the wonderful fact that you are an eternal being. You never began and you never will end, and knowing that changes everything. Our guest this week is Suzanne Geisman. Giesman, sorry, who will be a keynote speaker at the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies Conference on July 10th to 13th, 2014. If you go to ASCSI.org, you can see a lot more information about what's going to be an extraordinary conference. And the theme of it is, the conference uh, is New Developments in Afterlife Communications. Suzanne is the real thing. She's an extraordinary medium. She was at last year's conference, actually, and she's been invited back because everyone just loved her. She's a lot to tell us about communicating with the dead, but she also has a wonderful personal story to hear. And frankly, she's just a delight. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Roberta. It's great to be with you. What I'd like to do is just hear a little about your background. Now, it's tragic. Um, very often, people who work in this field have a have a tragic story, but you made it into a triumph. Uh, tell us about your past. You, you were in the military originally, right? I was. I spent a full career as a Navy officer. I retired with the rank of commander and worked my way up to some uh, wonderful positions, one as a commanding officer, uh, one as a uh, special assistant to the head of the Navy, the chief of naval operations, and then ultimately I was asked by the head of the entire United States military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to be his aide-de-camp. So uh, it was quite a wow. thrill to, to serve in those positions. Yes. Uh, so as you can imagine, I, have, I come from a very left-brain analytical background uh, where everything had to be absolutely by the book, follow the regulations, don't color outside the lines and uh yes. and now I, I, I um as you mentioned if you see suzanne she's this beautiful woman i find it hard to reconcile the suzanne i know with um, all of this military stuff it's really quite amazing you did all of that with your life that's amazing well thank you but um you're right when you say that many people get into a spiritual path due to tragedy and and if 
If I could have had this any other way, I would, but unfortunately, my stepdaughter, Susan, is the one that propelled me down this unexpected path when she was uh, struck and killed by lightning in 2006. She was 27 years old. She was six months pregnant with her first child and what would have been our first grandchild, and uh, just a bolt of blue out of a bolt out of the blue took her from us in an instant. And that sent me asking the same deep life questions that so many of us ask in our lives. You know, why am I here? Why does this happen to some people and not to others? And what is this life all about? But my biggest question at the time was, is Susan still around? Yeah. I had always been interested in metaphysics. I'd I'd had a curiosity about mediums, but I never had any reason to seek one out. Uh, And after Susan passed, I went and I found a medium, and oh my goodness, she convinced my very left-brain Navy destroyer captain husband and me that Susan is still very much with us. Uh, That led me then wanted to learn more about mediumship, and I was already a published author, Roberta, at that time, and I said, this this is amazing, this is real, this is not woo-woo like so many people think it oh, is. No. Right. Exactly, as you said at the beginning, we are eternal beings, and suddenly I just needed to learn more, so I wrote a book called The Priest and the Medium, which was published by Hay House, and um, then went on to write another medium's biography, And it was in writing her story that uh, I learned that I can communicate with the other side as well. Tell us about that process. Um, You you were convinced in just one session with a medium that Susan had survived. Well, let me tell you, because of my left brain, I really insist on evidence from those on the other side whether I'm sitting with a medium or whether I am the medium. And by evidence, I mean details about the person on the other side that the medium couldn't possibly know about. So when my husband and I went to see a medium, I didn't even give her my last name. I didn't want her to have any possibility of going online and finding the tribute I had written to Susan on there. So I was all ready for this medium to say, well, yes, your great-grandmother's here. She had gray (laughs) hair, and she died when her heart stopped beating, you know, and then I was going to get up and walk out. But instead, she said, there's a young woman here who appears to be in her 20s. She died rather suddenly, and I have a tingly feeling all over my body, which would have been the electricity, of course. She said, I suddenly have the headache of Zeus and Athena, and Zeus is the god seen holding a lightning bolt. And she said, "Uh, this woman's wearing a brown uniform, and Susan was a sergeant in the Marines when she was killed on active duty. And she said, she's standing in front of you saying, mother, mother, and uh, and I'm just crying at this point because oh. everything was spot on. But Roberta, the real clincher was when she said, this young woman is bringing with her a little baby boy who she wants to introduce to you, oh. but he's hanging back as if he doesn't know you. And oh. Susan would have had a boy. Oh, my goodness. So I have I goosebumps. Tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so when I was writing that second medium's book, she said to me, um, you know, I want you to learn all about me that you can, so come attend the classes that I teach on mediumship. And, oh, by the way, you're going to have an experience in the class. And I thought, oh, sure, right, because I must tell you, uh, many people come up to me now and say, well, surely you've always known you were psychic. Surely you've had some kind of uh, interaction with the other side. And I have to tell you, I had 
none. But this woman, Janet Nohavik, the medium, who I very much trusted, who I knew had integrity and was the real deal, when she told me I would have an experience, that kind of got my attention. But then she shocked me by pulling me to the front of the classroom where I was just trying to blend in and take notes. And she said, there is a spirit here. Tell us what you sense. And she just completely put me on the spot. And it was that Navy training that made me just, as we say in the Navy, suck it up (laughs) and just stand up there and, and take whatever embarrassment was about to befall me. And so I closed my eyes and I thought, well, if Janet says someone's here, they're here. Let's see if I sense anything. And on the spot there in front of this classroom, I said, well, it feels like a man. And I just saw the number 70 and I heard the word engineer and I hear the word cancer. And this girl in the classroom raised her hand and said, my father died at 70 from cancer, and he was an engineer. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out the odds of getting that right. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, Janet is saying, yes, and your, and your father uh, died on March 31st, or I think she said his birthday was March 31st, and he collected baseball caps. That's what he's telling me. And the girl says, yes, he did. And I'm thinking, you mean there really is somebody here? And then Janet said, all right, Suzanne, what else can you get? And I just kind of listened the same way I had. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the word twinkle toes, and I see a pair of black patent leather shoes. And the girl said, my dad was a ballroom dancer, and my mother called him twinkle toes. <gasps> and that was it. So wow. when you say, how can you go in one instant to full knowingness and that you can do this, that was it. And... And because but I was in Janet, you didn't know how, Suzanne. You didn't know how. You just the no. And, and in fact, it's very hard to tell someone how to tune in. It's kind of like Roberta. You know those three D pictures. Somebody holds you a picture up a picture, and they say, "Look at this. It's three D. Your eyes have to adjust, and all of a sudden it pops." Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure, or those eye sure. charts where those eye charts where you're supposed to pick a number out of a field of dots and at first you look at it and you don't see anything and then all of a sudden the number pops out you can't tell somebody how to do that you have to first experience it and once you have then every time you look at that picture you can do it again that's what mediumship is like you can't tell somebody exactly how to tune in but once they do it based on belief that they can, and that's what Janet Mohavik gave me, the belief, and then the intention to tune in, it just pops. And once you've done it, you can do it over and over again. How interesting. Is yeah. this something, do you think this is a fairly common, or is it? Or are, you, or are you just gifted you didn't know it? Mm, I think everybody has the ability because we're all made of the same energy, the same consciousness. We're all tapped in. We're all spirit beings here and now. Um, my morning message in, on, on Facebook and to my, people that read my blog was about we're like fireflies blinking on and off, on and off on into this reality and off is not really off but we disappear into the the realm of spirit that we inhabit all the time but we do it so quickly we appear to be constantly here so we are all in that spirit realm right now so it's just a, a matter of training ourselves to shift our consciousness and tune into that reality on, on demand isn't that because I, I feel the way you felt before that day. I feel as if I have no psychic <laughs> ability whatsoever. But, um, but, but hearing that it, it happened to you, maybe I've got it too. And we, maybe a lot of people listening have it. And we just don't know it. 
there there is a huge but there, Roberta. And the thing is, the week after Susan passed, I knew that somehow if I was going to be able to tune into her spirit, I needed to start meditating. And oh. that very week, I began meditating daily. When I put my mind to something, I think that's the military discipline. I just throw myself in all the way. And so for the previous, oh, let's see, that was in 2008, so six, seven, eight, for two years at least, I had been meditating daily. So I had, oh. without knowing it, trained my mind to be receptive, to be able to hear those subtle messages when I suddenly said, all right, if there's a spirit man here, let me feel you, let me sense you. So it, the training I had given myself was through meditation, but I didn't realize that mediumship would be the outcome. But that is, that is, I believe, the key for anybody that really wants to tap into the other side is you have to train your mind to be still. So that's very interesting. Uh, so you think if you hadn't done that meditating, it wouldn't have worked the same way for you? I, I'm fairly positive, that's right. Isn't that interesting? All right, well, that's, I'm hopeless. I've tried to meditate. and Well, you're going to be I at the can't... conference. Let's sit down and I'll try to train you. But actually, on <laughs> well, my well, website. At the conference, maybe we could go to one side. You could try to give me a clue because <laughs> I, think it, I think it, I mean, they say meditation is very helpful for a lot of things, not just learning to quiet your mind enough to be able to hear spirits, but um, oh, yeah. to, to, it really helps a lot in organizing your ability to even be more human. Um, well, you know, the, the, the other, I don't know which is more valuable right now, but the other benefit of meditation, what has truly transformed my life, Roberta, is that it's been in those moments of sitting in the silence that I've truly come to know myself as an eternal spirit being. That's where we get in touch with the, the light that's inside all of us. That's where we come to know ourselves as love. That's where we connect with the source of all that is. I can't imagine my days now if I didn't start them off by making that connection first thing in the morning. And, and I wanted to tell you that I have a free e-guide to meditation, Mastering Meditation, on my website for anybody that just signs up for my email list. And that's the website is loveatthecenter.com. Yeah, no, no punctuation, just loveatthecenter.com. Right. Well, I, maybe I'll have to go, go in, or maybe if we have time at the end of this hour, you can give us a quick course in meditation, because um, I'm starting to think it's probably important. It's just that I've been too busy doing other things. Somehow oh. you're too busy doing things to really live. I think that's what happens in a lot of our lives. Well, my guide said it best in meditation. That's where they talk to me all the time. They said, do you have five minutes to transform your life? Because it's not <laughs> quantity of time, it's quality. So people yeah. have this misunderstanding, this misconception that you have to sit for an hour and sit and say, Om, and that's not it at all. So, so how long do you meditate then? I meditate for about 20 minutes every morning. My husband's been doing it for probably 30 years, uh, ever since uh, the Beatles started. He started. All right. And he says it's critical too, but I, I've, I've tried. Anyway, well, oh, enough my. about meditation. So <laughs> let, let's, let's talk more about your, your, your journey. Um, after you, after that first experience, you, you then, um, started to try it yourself. How did you transition from that eureka moment? Okay. Uh, 
Well, I was right there at Janet Nohavik's first class on mediumship, and it was a series of three classes over three weekends spread out over several months. And so I sat in on all of her classes, but now as a student and not just as a writer. And she would always pair us up with other students and really stretch you, make you work hard and put yourself out there and trying this. And I kept having such incredible success bringing through evidence from my fellow classmates that I took Janet aside and said, look, I can't do this halfway. I want to see how far I can go with this. And I told her I wanted to go study where she had trained with some of the top evidential mediums in the world at the famed Arthur Findlay College of Psychic Sciences outside of London, England. And uh, she recommended the best teacher that I could study with, wonderful Mavis Patilla, and I traveled to England with my husband's blessing and uh, went to basically mediumship boot camp. And Let, Janet let's, warned let's me. Talk about, let's talk about that in a moment because this sounds like it's going to be a terrific story. We're going to hear all about how a medium learns to be a medium. Meanwhile, you're listening Excuse me, to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the extraordinary medium, Suzanne Geestman, and we'll be right back. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage afterlife forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com.
Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with the wonderful Suzanne Giesman, who is about to tell us about Medium Boot Camp. Suzanne, it's all yours. Tell us about that adventure in, in London. I went there with the goal of not just feeling like I was pulling data out of the air. I wanted to actually feel that these had been actual people and still were with us. I wanted to, to know that they were around us, and I wanted to see them with my own eyes if that were even possible. And those things happened while I was there, and that changes you. You said in the beginning that when you find out there is another reality, it changes everything. And there was no going back for me after that. We were working it was, it's only one week, Roberta, but it, it doesn't take long to learn the process of, of tools and techniques for shifting your consciousness and how to do a reading with integrity um, and then get a lot of practice at it. Then it just takes doing it over and over let's, and over let's again. Let's set the scene here because we're talking boot camp. How many people were there when you were there? I think there were 60 or 80 people. It was a very international group. So how often do they do this? Oh, there are weekly classes, year-round. And, oh, my goodness, I can't believe there are that many people interested in doing this work. Well, that was a very popular week with some of the best teachers the school has. I don't know if all of their classes or all their courses are that heavily attended, but it it certainly was life-changing. And I remember it took me a while to to readjust when I came home, not just from the jet lag, but from the the life-changing, worldview-changing experiences that I'd had there that showed me that so much of my belief system was based on uh, an illusion and that there's so much more. Let's let's finish this for for people who might be interested. What would this is called? What is this place called? In, in Arthur in Findlay College, I think it's the Arthur ArthurFindlayCollege dot com. F I N D L A Y. It's uh, based at the estate of Arthur Findlay, who was a left brain by the book economist in England, who <laughs> came to know, as I know now, that that. Our loved ones in spirit are still with us. Even though he wasn't a medium, he had so much proof from the other side that he donated his estate to, to be the college. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful place with incredible energy from all of the, the work that's being done there. And, and so you really can recommend that if someone feels they probably have psychic ability, would, might learn, like to learn how to develop the ability to be a medium, that would be a place to go. Well, I would go out on the limb and say it's like the Harvard of mediumship schools. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So now we're at, we're at Harvard. <laughs> Tell us about that experience. Which part? Which part, Roberta? It, wherever you want to start. You, well, you just there. Briefcase well, just in my. Hand. Yeah, the 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 teachers putting you on the spot and putting you in front of a group and saying, "Now this is a good way to do a group reading. Now go ahead and do it." And and bringing through, again, evidence that just blew me away and, and learning how to stretch yourself. She says, okay, so you're seeing a pub in your mind's eye. So this person probably hung out in a pub, but take it a step further. What does the sign outside the pub say? And I decided to try this in a reading, and, and I saw the pub, and I said, well, your your brother hung out at a pub called the King's Arms. And he said, yes, he did. And, I mean, it blew me away. Or to be sitting with uh, one of our fellow students in a chair in the middle of the circle. And and the teacher says, oh, yes, there's a spirit being blending with her energy right now. Can you see it? And everybody's saying yes, and I'm saying, yeah, right. And all of a sudden, 
seeing a pair of granny glasses and a bun kind of just morph onto this woman's figures. Do you remember in Disney World where you used to ride around in this cart and, and you, your cart passed in front of a mirror and you saw a little ghost sitting in the cart with you? It was an illusion. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But that's how this looked to me. And I'm thinking, wow, it looks like that girl's wearing glasses and has a bun on her head. And just then, one of the students said, I can see the old lady's glasses on her head. And somebody else said, yeah, and the bun. I just about fell out of my chair. Oh, because wow. it, I wasn't the only one seeing it. And that's what I'm talking about, changing your life. It's one thing for, for your listeners to hear me talk about this now. It's another thing to see it with your own eyes. But are see, you seeing once, with your physical eyes, though, Suzanne, or are you seeing oh, yeah. with your mind? Somewhere? That was physical. That's physical. Now, my clairvoyance these days, it's in my mind's eye, and it's very, very fleeting. You have to really trust what you're seeing and just say it to the person that's sitting with you. And uh, that's why it takes constant, constant work to get better and better, better at this all the time. Wow. Well, um, Gary Schwartz, who has been our guest a couple of times, um, says that you, you're one of the best he's ever seen at this. And there could be no higher accolade than that. Gary um, wrote the book, uh, The Afterlife Experiments, in which he did tri- triple-blind testing on some of the best mediums that are living now. And he, he gives you high accolades. So um, I, 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 that's, that's the best I can possibly say about you. You know, that well, plus Rob- the fact that you're a delightful speaker. You're very you entertaining know, Roberta, to listen to. Robert, I have to tell you, though, that, that the one thing I try not to do is let anything like something like Gary says go to my head because <laughs> this is not me. It's, it's all about energy and being able to tune into that frequency. And it all depends on the client's energy and the frequency of those on the other side and whether that's a good match. So I don't go into any reading ever feeling cocky or confident, I just surrender and say, may the highest good happen from this reading. And 5% of the time, I get nothing, 5%. And I say, I'm sorry I wasted your time, but it's just not here. But happily, the other 95% of the time, it, it just leaves us in awe, in awe. And that's why I keep going back for more, even though those 5% are painful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is, especially if people are in, really in grief, which can oh, yeah. act as a barrier anyway sometimes for, yes. for communication. Yeah. So so you're finishing up at this school, and um, do, do, does anyone stay more than a week? Is it just it's a week's program? Well, that particular one. They have different programs throughout the year, and I'm sure they take weeks off, but uh, yeah. their their whole schedule is online there. But this was just a week, and then... Uh, came home and just started practicing on friends. Uh, you know, come over, let me try to give you a reading. And that went so well, they referred me to their friends, and they referred me to their friends, and now I have, oh, at least a year and a half waiting list for people. And I've had to ask people, if, if you're merely curious, would you please defer to those who are in grief, in deep grief, and really, really, really need this to to get out of their grief. And even then, those poor folks, end up waiting, which I just don't know how to deal with that, but it's the fact of life. Are you, that are we, you doing this full-time? And you still no. Have that kind of- well, that's the challenge also, is that energetically, to me, uh, I can give one reading a day that, because it's one solid hour where I block everything out of my mind, and I go deep trying to get heavy-duty evidence. So at the end of that hour, I'm drained, and I've tried to give two or more readings, and, then, and it's just uh, it's too hard. 
But I'm also a writer. I'm working on another book uh, book project now, my 11th book, and I give presentations around the country. So it's a matter of finding balance with all of that work, trying to help people, and and also maintain a, a good life with my husband here, who is so supportive. Sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's key, isn't it? I have a very supportive husband, too. I don't know how I would manage to get anything done without that. Yeah. Um, so, so this was in in two thousand ten, approximately. You started to get real serious about this. That was two thousand nine. Yeah, we're coming up 2009. on two thousand nine. So now. it's only been a very few years that right. You made all this progress. Wow, I'm amazed. That's wonderful. I've given clearly this was meant to happen. Don't you feel yeah. that? I'm sorry. Clearly, this was meant to happen for oh. you. This was your plan for your life. I think there's no doubt of that. And I remember crying at Arthur Finley College, going up to my teacher and saying, did my stepdaughter have to die for this to happen? And he he showed me a more healthy way of looking at that, which, of course, my soul knew. And that's why I dedicate, though, everything I do to Susan and her memory. I'm trying to just make something really wonderful come of this and help as many people as possible through the writing and the speaking and whatever readings I'm able to give. But that extraordinary moment when there was a little boy there and that that was her child, that gave me shivers. It brought tears to my eyes. Um, Have you you had any contact with him again, or is he going on doing other things now? I haven't with him, but our Susan has come through probably four times with really awesome evidence for me. I, I asked for the evidence even from my stepdaughter and my dad on the other side because I know they're here. I feel them. But I can imagine going to my husband and saying, hey, sweetheart, Susan visited me this morning in meditation. And if I were him, I would say, you know, pat me on the shoulder and say, that's nice, Suzanne. <laughs> sure she nice did. Dear. <laughs> so each time she's come, I've said, Susan, I know you're here, but you've got to give me something going on in your biological mother's life or your sister's life that I couldn't possibly know, but that I can ask about and prove so they know you're really here. And she's done it each time. Really, really cool stuff that leaves everybody saying, wow. I guess she really is here. <laughs> yeah, that that's great. So, yeah. so you've written eleven. This is your eleventh book you're working on. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so people can get these books, or if they're interested in investigating them, they would they would go to your website, which I should just give again to make sure people know it. Um, it's loveatthecenter.com. Don't I love that that name? Yeah. Loveatthecenter.com. dot com. Um, and also on Amazon, I would assume. Yes, um, they're all so, there. Um, my my um, my memoir that tells this whole story in detail with lots of evidence is Messages of Hope. And then I also am honored that every morning those on the other side give me these wonderful inspirational messages that help us all to live better lives a little more peacefully. And that's on a daily blog called uh, That's There's a link for my website. But we have a brand new book of a year's worth of Sanaya's messages. It's a book called In the Silence. It's volume two of, of uh, their messages. And like you said, it's that feedback from people that say, these messages changed my life that, that yes. keeps us going. Yes, it, does, it really does keep you going. So all right, well, wait a minute now. Who is this Sanaya? Sanaya, S-A-N-A-Y-A, is uh, this group consciousness, it's these spirits that came to me about three, maybe even four years ago now when I was meditating, and uh, 
and they said that I would be writing and writing and writing for them. And they are just a, a group of guides. The energy changes every now and then, but uh, they, I'm able. They dictate to me messages that at first I just thought I was making this up, but uh, they come through with evidence. Uh, I tell people oh, the funny thing. Yeah, the funny thing is one time, I always write with my eyes closed because I'm in meditation, and one, the only time that I ever needed to open my eyes, they said, they told me, open your eyes. And when I did, I looked down and I saw that my pen had run out of ink. So, oh, oh it's just so cool. <laughs> they had their eyes open at, at that time. Yeah. That, that's interesting. So you're, these are not necessarily your guides, but they're a group of guides who were looking for a good channel and found you and are working through you then yes absolutely and now can you imagine how that sounds to me as the navy officer to be talking like this (laughs) well i'm an attorney right i majored in religion um i have lived that you know wife mother grandmother married 41 years i've lived the most milk toast life you could imagine (laughs) uh, i had to be dragged to all of this the hard way by doing the research and finding out that there really is no alternative but the truths that you and I know uh, and have found. And the glorious thing, Suzanne, is when you meet other people who have been similarly wrenched from whatever had been their voyage and are now uh, trying to understand these truths, you complete each other's sentences. Everybody has reached all the same conclusions. Yes. Isn't that evidentiary to the extent that there's no possibility it's not true? Uh, it's amazing to me. Well, that's why my uh, talk at this conference in, in Scottsdale in July is the, one of the talks is called The Preponderance of the Evidence. Because at this point, we, we still can't prove that there's another side. Actually, I have the closest thing to prove that I'm going to share at that conference that I can come up with. But it's, you as an attorney would understand then that I think the closest we can come is what our judicial system uses, and that's the preponderance of the evidence. And oh, that's, that's, what, that's what I aim for in my readings. And boy, those on the other side, give it to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's true that we, it's, I mean, what's proof? You can't prove anything um, 100%. And I think we can prove this about as well as anything else can be proven at this point. What did it for me was after I had figured out all these details, quantum physics came into it, um, all of the, the almost 200 years of communications from the dead, I spent decades devouring what we had received before 1950. And it all was the same. It all said the same thing, and I got yeah. this great detailed picture of reality. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down and read the Gospels, and I found out that 2,000 years ago, this tremendously important seer, fortunately his words were preserved, Jesus told us all this stuff 2,000 years ago. Yes, the religion still telling us. Name. Yeah, it, religion doesn't tell us what he tells us, but that's what made me get it. I said, if we've got a witness from 2,000 years ago who said, I know stuff and I'm going to give you stuff, and only now can we prove that what he told us was true, I don't know what other proof you could get than that. If there's the corroboration there is unbelievable. And the message of love that goes with it, that's That's the best part. That's yes. Love and forgiveness is why we're here. That's what he told us, and that's what the what the the dead tell us as well. Absolutely, and, uh, that's it. Could, it couldn't be a, it couldn't be a happier message, actually. When you when you think about it, um, I think one of the things reasons people are afraid to research the afterlife is that um, what if it's bad news? I, I you know what if there what if there is no afterlife, or what if you find out it's actually 
bad. I mean, to, to be so small in an eternity that has evil in it is scary. I but, think the other two factors of what people are afraid of, Roberta, is number one, what will other people think of me if I go against the common belief system? And what if I have to change my belief system? Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, I I guess I'm at the point where I didn't have a choice. Uh, I had to <laughs> go. I, but but you're right. It helps a lot to be in your 60s because I have one. <laughs> I said to someone. <laughs> I have much less time to be embarrassed now than I did when I was in my 30s. I don't think I could have done this work then. But you get to the point where you don't care. The important thing is trying to help people know what's true. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and uh, but but the good news is there is no bad news. There the the universe is the most because the universe is in the mind of God. It's the most benevolent benevolent easy to say possible place. It's That's exactly that, right. Uh, Nothing, and I but have, love, nothing but forgiveness, nothing but joy. Yeah, yep. And and people say to me, "Aren't you afraid?" Or what about evil spirits? And I said, "My belief system system does not include that. I believe that this is a prime. It is a good universe that we inhabit. So if we keep our focus on that, that will be our experience. And the only time I ever felt anybody scary in a reading from the other side, I realized." I would have been frightened if I ran into this person in human form. He yeah, was that's the kind of a scary we guy. As much as we wish we did. Yeah. We're going to be right back, but from just just this moment, this is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Please always remember, you are an eternal being. You are you never began, you never will end, and you really, you are infinitely loved beyond any possibility that you even could imagine how much you're loved. So everything is safe. Our guest today is Zen Giesman, and she's wonderful, and we'll be right back. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. 
Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by RobertaGrimes.com to learn more. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at AfterlifeForums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage Afterlife Forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at AfterlifeForums.com. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with the wonderful, extraordinary medium, Suzanne Giesman. And we were talking just before break about the fact that, uh, as, as Suzanne said, um, there are some negative entities, but they're, they're actually people that died as a negative entity. And we don't seem to change at all. In fact, reading um, the communications from the dead, one of the things that struck me was how disappointed some people were that they didn't immediately grow wings and become perfect after death. We're the same people after we die that we were before. So prepare yourself for a much longer reality. And therefore, it's, I, it certainly made me shape up. I don't know about you. But um, I, I, I never have found a devil. I've looked. There doesn't seem be a negative entity and i think the reason is that the only strength the only energy comes from love and the more loving an entity is the stronger it is so therefore that would would make sense any entity set in opposition to god would be so weak it would not have any power at all um that's at least what i've concluded but i don't know how you feel about this suzanne oh, i couldn't agree with you more roberta and uh i think those people who have scary experiences in meditation are simply dealing with blocks in the physical environment that they haven't cleared yet. I have a friend who, when she first started meditating, would experience pain in the head and would experience fear and could barely keep her eyes closed. And she she knows that that comes from fear, deep-seated fears from her own childhood. But now that she's been working to clear those out over a period of time, now she's starting to feel that blissful experience that meditation can bring on and to to know that really love is all there is. Love is all there is. You were saying during the break that that you wanted to to give us some insights about where the dead are and how what what you've learned as a medium about where they are and what their condition is. Oh yes. Well, the thing is, heaven is not a place. It's not a far off place that we go to and we have to summon our loved ones back from there when I, when we give a reading. That's why I can conduct a reading by phone or Skype with somebody thousands of miles away and right. still tune into their loved ones because they're everywhere and nowhere. And and the re- the way I explain that to people is that all of us have our own signal, our own frequency. We develop it through our thoughts and our belief system and our actions throughout our lives. Some of us have a very loving, fine vibration. Some of us, through our belief systems and our actions, have a little bit of growing to do. But our body is simply the displaying instrument for our signal, for our soul. So I tell people to picture a television set. The television set displays the signal that's in the air already. So what happens if the TV set falls on the floor and breaks? I ask people, where did the signal go? And they kind of look at me and they say, well, it's still there. And I said, you're right. So what happens if your body is hit by a car and no longer works? Where did your signal go? 
And it's so oh, cool, yeah. Roberta, to see the light bulbs go on as people realize the signal is still here. And yes. it's just like a TV signal. It, it's here and it's around the world and wherever there is that there's an instrument that can detect it. And that's all a medium is, is somebody with a, with a higher tuned, a more finely tuned instrument to pick up those fine vibrations of the soul that other people may not be able to detect. Yeah, that, I think that's a wonderful way to put it. Um, I've used the TV um, analogy, you know, somewhat differently, but it kind of works out the same way. I mean, if you, if you think of your mind as that television set, it's tuned right now to, the, to this level of reality where we yeah. think we are. But when you die, you just tune it to a higher station, a station higher on the dial, yeah. and you pick yeah. up another solid reality, just as solid as this one, um, it, it works both ways, whether we think of our mind as the signal or our mind as the TV. The, the, that's the fundamental truth of it. It's What we think is solid is not solid, and you can prove that if you study quantum physics, much as they yeah. hate that. The physicists hate it. <laughs> um, I would love to share with you, Roberta, an experience I just had yesterday. That One of my goals is being able to tune in all the time. Right now it's when I sit uh, and to give a reading and shift my consciousness with intention, I can tune into loved ones. Now uh, more and more of those on the other side will come to me in the middle of the night, which is great. And Well, not every night because that would interrupt my sleep. But just yeah. yesterday I was out for a, a run, just jogging around, and I was running near my home and I saw up ahead a man, uh, one of my neighbors, whose wife uh, died uh, some time back. I wasn't sure when that was, but as I passed him, we nodded. I said hello. I was running with my husband, and I got about 50 yards past the man, and all of a sudden, I felt his wife. There was no doubt she was with me, and my heart just started to overflow, and I looked at my husband. And I said, Ty, I'm supposed to give that man a hug from his wife. Do you mind? <laughs> and he said, he said no, and I turned around, and I ran up to the man, and I said, I hope you don't mind, but your wife says I'm supposed to hug you. And with, before he could even say anything, I gave him a great big hug. And 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 I said, it, he was just kind of embarrassed, and so was I. And I ran home, and she was still talking to me. So I picked up the phone, looked him up in the phone book, and I called him, and I said, look, you need to know, I just don't go around hugging people. But your wife told me that this is a very important anniversary right around now. And he said, she died one year ago yesterday. Oh, yeah. And do you see? They come through to say, we're still here, and she found this marvelous way to give him a hug. Isn't that Absolutely. beautiful? <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> story. I, I, I think that the problem is that people, as, you, as you've said, people's belief systems are such, and we come to love our beliefs, and we, we're comfy with them. And the notion that we might have to disrupt them makes it hard for us to accept new information, especially as we get older. Don't you think oh. that's true? And it's absolutely true, but this is what I've learned more than anything, that the more we open ourselves to new experiences, the more we have more and more magical, wonderful, but true experiences. When I yeah. first started this, I was so blocked to so many things. I did not believe in spirit guides. I certainly didn't believe in angels. I, that Navy yeah. commander in me was so deeply ingrained. But you know, once you just say, okay, I'll believe it till I'm shown otherwise, 
then you can ask for evidence and you get it. And I'm telling you, I could fill books with absolute evidence from even as high as archangels now that before I would have just said, please, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, now I know they're real. And uh, so I just keep opening, opening my mind until it doesn't feel right in my heart. And then I push that aside. But I've found very little that doesn't fit anymore. I think that that's that's the truth. Once you decide, as Reagan said, trust but verify. Um, and, that's and right. Try to try to be open-minded. Is all I would I tell people: don't believe anything that doesn't make sense to you. Make it make sense, or make it, or then move on to something that does. But once you find a connection, and it, we all sort of have a different way we find that connection to the divine, to the eternal. Um, they're all trying to get through to us. A floodgate opens, um, and we, and we get this information. We get these this love from people who are right here with us. They just don't happen to be in bodies at the moment. That's all. That's right. Oh, it's it's people some, some only of them knew. Are advanced beings. If you're hearing from archangels, then you're way above my pay grade. I have oh. to say. I'll tell you what. That's that's what I share in one of my presentations. It is. They gave me so much evidence that I have never had a skeptic come up to me and say. You know, you're full of it. They just, they cannot dispute the evidence given to me from those higher realms. Yeah, I love no, it. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say at the conference. I think I better talk about that case in particular at the conference because it's a goodie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, um, I, I think it's important we talk, we just say again, that the conference is called New Developments in Afterlife Communication. It's the conference... This is the 39th year that the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies is giving a conference, um, which is wonderful and remarkable in itself. They were doing it back before it was 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 popular, um, and this one is especially wonderful because it's, it, new developments in afterlife communication is where it's at right now. Things are happening in the field of afterlife communication. One of which is. People are mediums now doing detailed stuff because they know better how to do it than, than was ever done before. And Suzanne is classic, you know, front and center on that. Um, the, the conference will be July 10th to 13th, 2014 in Scottsdale. And to, to learn more about it, go to ASCSI.org. Um, the, the opportunity to interact with people like Suzanne and learn from them, uh, people doing automatic writing, people who are doing um, electronic communication, they're working on a soul phone. They're working on a way for you to ring up your dead loved ones and vice versa. To me, that boggles my mind, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, it's going it's to be exciting. an exciting conference. Yeah, it'll be thrilling to, to have all of this energy together, all these people working together to get that key bit of information to the world that makes everybody go, oh, it's been true all along. Now I see. Um, and that's what we're all looking for because then the whole world changes. Right. You, yeah. Do you have any last-minute sort of thoughts that you'd like to share? I just think that whole concept of opening your mind, believing that anything is possible, and then testing it in your heart, because we're given this this wonderful energetic body that is our barometer, and all we have to do is tune into the heart to see how does something feel, and to connect with each other, and 
get out of the head. This is what I'm working on my new book now, getting out of the head and into the heart. How our world would change if more people stopped trying to analyze everything, stopped trying to be so logical and just yeah. coming from the heart. Um, the, the, this is We're talking to Suzanne Giesman, who is one of the best mediums currently working, uh, if not the best. Her website is loveatthecenter.com. You can learn a lot about, more about Suzanne. Her 11 books, uh, or 10 going on 11, and um, learn more about what her work is, what she's hearing from advanced beings. Um, it's all there. So loveatthecenter.com. Um, go to ASCSI. You can see what a pretty person she is. She looks much younger than you think, given how she, how much she's done with her life. And um, and just uh, there, this is going to be a conference not to be missed. Um, meanwhile, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, um, which is, frankly, um, has been a thrill for me from beginning to end. I loved writing it. It's meant primarily for people who are grieving or people who think they're dying, so it's short and easy to read, and it's just hearing from people who it's helped has been a thrill. I so, loved it. I, it. It was truth when I read it. I said, if more people had this kind of attitude about dying, we wouldn't surround <laughs> it with the fear that it has. Uh, there, yeah. It is just stepping through a door to another reality. It, that's all it is. And, and frankly, it's gotten a bad rap. I'm setting out to change that. Um, I, I now am working on the Letters from Love series. My 20-year-old novel, My Thomas, which is about Thomas Jefferson, is the start of this series. There will be six more. My Thomas, Letter from Freedom, and Letter from Money begin the series. All are available on Amazon.com and at bookstores. Um, as I said, we're talking with Suzanne Giesman. LoveAtTheCenter.com, ASCSI.org, if you want to hear more, more about how you can meet her. Now, please join us next week. Our guest will be the irrepressible Irma Slage. She's a psychic. She's an intuitive. She does just about anything. And at the ASCSI conference in July, she's going to be talking about automatic writing, um, which, I, which scares me. But Irma says, don't be scared. She's going to teach us all how to do it, which, which is something I'm looking forward to as well. You're going to love her. So please join us next time. Meanwhile, please visit us at afterlifeforums. I have to say this again. Visit us at afterlifeforums.com with an S and join the discussion about all of these topics. Or if you need comfort, if you need help, there are wonderful people there able to, to help you with whatever your voyage is. Now go out and enjoy and make the most of this coming week in your one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.